0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, April 14th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The eruption of a volcano this week on Russia's Kamchatka Peninsula has prompted some Alaska flight cancellations. On Tuesday, the Shevaluch volcano's largest eruption in nearly 60 years occurred, with ash exploding at least 50,000 feet into the air. And that cloud is moving along the Alaska Peninsula, with ribbons of volcanic gas and a little ash reaching the mainland. As of 7 a.m. Alaska time Thursday, Alaska Airlines reported canceling 23 flights due to ash from the volcano, including flights from western Alaska to Anchorage, as well as flights into and out of southeast Alaska and Sitka. The National Weather Service's aviation warning covered the Aleutians, Alaska Peninsula, and Kodiak on Thursday morning and extended into southeast Alaska. Alaska Representative Mary Paltola was among those affected overnight on Wednesday after her flight from Honolulu to Anchorage was turned back due to the ash plume. On Thursday morning, she and other passengers were on the ground again in Honolulu, waiting for a chance to return home. Dave Schneider, a research geophysicist with the Alaska Volcano Observatory in Anchorage, says lava from the Chevalooch volcano forms a dome, parts of which periodically collapse and create ash clouds.
1: What happened a couple days ago was much more significant, and it's still too early to really know exactly what went on. Um, but I surmise that a large part of the, the lava dome that's been growing for years um, collapsed and unleashed a pretty good size eruption.
0: The massive cloud was initially moving west, blanketing villages in Russia with a thick layer of ash. But as another weather system came in, it started moving east toward Alaska, and parts of the cloud are peeling off. On Wednesday, it was still over the western Aleutians.
2: But um, as I said,
1: bits and pieces are sort of getting pulled off, sort of like, like when you're making coffee, and, and you can like pull a branch off and it, it'll sort of go off in its own direction.
0: Schneider says the volcano's emissions decreased on Wednesday, and while there's no guaranteeing exactly when the cloud will disperse, that's a fair sign that travel could soon be back to normal. In an email to KCAW, NOAA science officer Nate Epstein wrote that the tail end of the ash cloud could be in the coastal waters of southeast Alaska by this morning if the cloud stays together. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game has officially closed the 2023 Sitka Sound Sacro Herring Fishery. The department published its final fishery update for the 2023 season on Wednesday afternoon. The fishery last opened on April 6th, when 1,600 tons were harvested. Early estimates for the season put the total commercial harvest at just under 11,000 tons of herring, a little over a third of the state's 30,000 ton guideline harvest level. While the commercial fishery won't open again this year, aerial surveys will continue until no more active spawn is observed. From the sightings, first sightings of spawn on March 26th through April 13th, the department recorded around 74 nautical miles of spawn during aerial surveys, including under half a mile of active spawn on Thursday near Hot Springs Bay. State biologists will be out on the water through the end of the week conducting spawn deposition surveys. A season summary will be published by the department in the coming weeks. An advisory board endorsed librarians' placement of a book on relationships and sexuality within the Ketchikan Public Library's teen section on Wednesday. KRBD's Eric Stone reports.
1: The book, titled Let's Talk About It, The Teen's Guide to Sex, Relationships, and Being a Human, by Erica Moen and Matthew Nolan, faced a challenge from resident Tanya Headland. The library's director, Pat Tully, said it was the first time a book had been challenged in at least a decade. In Headland's initial request, dated February 10th, she asked the library to remove the book from its shelves. She later revised her request to ask librarians to move the book to the adult section from its current home in the teen room. Edlund was one of more than two dozen residents who spoke at a public hearing in front of the library's advisory board. I am not asking for this book to be banned. I agree that we have the right to read whatever we want. And with that being said, it is our job as adults and parents to protect children from content which is inappropriate. After reading the book three times, I see alarming issues like sexting and searching pornography. The public hearing followed the children's librarian and library director's earlier decisions to deny Hedlund's request to move the book. The library does not restrict access to its books, and children and teens are able to check out books from the adult section. Testimony at the hearing was split roughly evenly between those who wanted to move the book and those who said they preferred it stay where it is. Some people who asked for the book to be moved, including Cindy Taylor, objected to a section of the book that discusses sexting.
2: I started reading some of the stuff, and when you do talk about the sexting and hiding your face and doing photos of yourself. The thing that I particularly don't like about that is that once you post something on the internet, it stays. It never goes away.
1: Proponents of the book's present in the teen section said it was a valuable, comprehensive resource covering all kinds of complex situations, from abusive relationships to safe sex. High school freshman Brayden Young was one of two teens that addressed the advisory board.
2: I think that we need this book. I think that there are so many people in my grade that don't have the information um, that will make maybe an uninformed decision that will get them in a dangerous or scary situation that could have been avoided by reading a book that informed them in a way that they felt safe with.
1: She pointed in particular to the section on sexting.
2: We know that kids do this. I think that if they knew to do this safely and in a way that couldn't be maybe used against them or used in a way that could embarrass them with identifiable parts of themselves in the photos, I think that that could help a lot of kids keep themselves safe and maybe feel more comfortable, and make better decisions.
1: Ketchikan's city attorney, Mitch Seaver, issued a memo ahead of the meeting. He cited a wide range of court cases indicating that libraries cannot restrict minors' access to materials unless they are obscene. And that's a word with special meaning in the legal system. One key element is that to be obscene, a book must be, quote, utterly without redeeming social importance to minors, end quote. The attorney's memo also cited cases that indicated that simply moving the book to the library's adult section based on officials' view of its content could also violate the First Amendment. Teen Connor Pearson spoke to those points.
2: You talk about how it's your right to protect our kids from these images, but have you ever thought about our our own children's rights? As children and teens, we have the right to read what we want, when we want, the same way you do according to the First Amendment.
1: Ketchikan City Council member Jack Finnegan, who sits on the library advisory board, commended Young and Pearson for speaking out. He supported keeping the book in the teen section. The library staff's duty to safeguard the public is limited to running interference against disruptive or dangerous behavior with the help of outside sources like the police department, if necessary. It is a library's role to house ideas, not to shield people from ideas they may find objectionable. That is one of the costs that is associated with enjoying our freedom of speech. The other elected official on the advisory board, Ketchikan Gateway Borough Assembly member Grant Echohawk, also supported the book.
2: Even though I disagree with with some of the content, when I look at it as a whole, it provides instruction, it provides knowledge.
1: The board voted six to one to recommend the library keep the book in the teen section. The lone dissenting vote came from Deborah Simon, who represents residents outside Ketchikan and Saxman city limits.
0: I find that this book is inconsistent with the selection criteria as I can assume it to be, and therefore requires adult supervision. I believe that the book should be moved from the teens section to the adult section.
1: The board's vote to keep the book in the teens section is non-binding. It's advice to the library director and her superior, Ketchikan City Manager Delilah Walsh. Walsh said at the meeting that the decision to keep the book in the teens section could be appealed to the city council. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone.
0: Southeast Alaska's pink salmon run is predicted to be weak this summer. The region's commercial harvest is expected to increase by just 5% this year compared to last year, based on projections from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game released earlier this month. The 2023 pink salmon harvest is predicted to be around 19 million fish, with a probable range of between 12 million and 19 million. That's what the department classifies as a weak run. It's nowhere near Southeast's record harvest of 2013, which saw more than 89 million pink salmon. The estimate comes mostly from analysis of juvenile pink salmon abundance indicators collected by researchers in Southeast in previous years. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game only publishes harvest forecasts for pinks in Southeast Alaska because they say they don't have enough data from other salmon species to accurately predict harvests but they do set harvest limits, and Chinook salmon trollers will face a 23% reduction in allowable harvest this year. That's a decrease of 44,000 fish. It leaves around 53,000 king salmon allowed to be harvested by all other gear types under the international treaty that governs wild king harvest. Hatchery-produced kings aren't part of that agreement. Even so, runs of embattled southeast king salmon are supposed to meet the lower end of their escapement goals on many of the rivers monitored by a fishing game this year. The Stikine River near Wrangell is an exception. It's not forecast to meet its esca- its escapement goal range of 14 to 28,000 kings. ADF&G's harvest prediction for southeast also indicated that last year's salmon harvest in the region was around half of the year's previous. It was the 33rd highest harvest since 1962. The value of last year's southeast salmon fishery was the 24th lowest on record. But that doesn't mean last year's prices were low. Even though the 2022 harvest was half of the previous years, the total value at the docks for southeast increased by $12 million to $144 million. That rise in value came primarily because the price per pound of chum salmon increased by 50 percent compared to the previous year, at a region-wide average of $1.18 per pound. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.